0: my grandma has always said it's wonderful that you have so many friends and i agree with her during the pandemic i realized how much i miss seeing the people who make my life so bright and interesting and i wanted to find a way to introduce all of these stars to the world and so i created this podcast You, dear listener, will get a chance to be introduced to those who make my world hum with possibility. We will talk about serious things, silly things, sad things, glorious things, and things that make us feel alive. So settle in. It's just you and me. Hello, everyone. We are back, and I am extremely excited for our guest today. Hello, Mother. Tell me who you are and how do we know each other? Hello, Julie.
1: I'm glad <laughs> to be here. I am your mother. Right. I have known you for almost 40. Well, actually, I have known you over 41 years. I didn't really right. know you. Right. But um, I was expecting you, and I was still teaching school. And you were a very, very good, good baby. <laughs> Didn't have any trouble with you at all.
0: Uh-huh. So tell me more, but tell me, like, tell me who you like, what do you do? You know, do you do anything? Do you work sure, interests, sure. whatever you want.
1: All right. Um, I am recently retired. I retired about one year ago. Mm-hmm. I had previously to that been a financial aid administrator at Elmhurst College did that for 21 years Mm -hmm. also in my past i was a teacher of seventh and eighth grade social studies Mm -hmm. the constitution and so on also had various other jobs working Mm -hmm. at the public library Mm -hmm. working at city hall in elmhurst waitressing you know various things like that
0: yeah and what what have you been filling your time besides quarantine well that's interesting because before i retired you know, you get
1: kind of you're used to working, and you're thinking, "What right. am I going to do after I work?" So, since I'm a list person, I made a list different things <laughs> I want to do. Of course, I couldn't do them all because I right. can But one of the things was I wanted to organize all of the um, all of the family history memorabilia stuff I had accumulated right. over the years. It was just in a a big accordion file by family group, yes. so it was very unorganized and nobody could really get much out of it. So I wanted to uh, do something with that. Yeah. Also, had other ideas of what to do, you know, mm-hmm. go around, be a tourist once a week, and all the wonderful things we have in Chicago area. We did right. that for two months. <laughs> right. Um, volunteer. I had signed up to be a volunteer at the Morton Arboretum. Mm-hmm. which is a beautiful place nearby here. I was going to be helping with the horticulturists. Well, you know, that got, that was not <laughs> happening. I'm yeah. still on the list though, I hope. Yeah. Other things I did, I did work on a political campaign this year mm-hmm. for Sean Caston, Democratic congressman from our area. Who won, correct? He did win, yes. He won his second term. Uh-huh. So I couldn't be as involved as, you know, I could have been because right. of the. but right i did help uh, writing postcards i put up signs and you know just some minor stuff like that i've also uh, been pretty busy now i've been pretty busy with church committees um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. different things like that i was on this long-range vision team that met weekly during the summer very very versus on on zoom and also on the social justice team we Mm -hmm. have occasional meetings uh, we had, uh, I had two white uh, privilege type studies this year. One was led by you. One mm-hmm. was led by the pastor. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I still continue with my book club. Right. And actually we have a yoga class here virtually in our complex. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I had right. been going to yoga about twice a week before the pandemic, but that's right. closed down now.
0: Right. So, okay, so we're gonna, we our topic today is, we're going to talk about family history. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about our family history, but also just, you know, in general, like the idea and the the excitement of doing ancestry um, work. And so you brought up that you had um, a couple of accordion files of family, you know, information. How did you get all, how'd you get into this? What, you know, what about it is something that is interesting to you?
1: Well, I was, um, I mean, I was a social studies education major as uh, in my undergrad. And I, with the, you know, most, I took maybe six to eight courses of history, you know, so, and actually even before college, um, I had a, a teacher in high school for honors American history, Mr. Hollister, mm. who really inspired me about it, being interested in history. Yeah, we worked with primary sources. You know, things that people actually wrote, not just some right. history. How they did it. Right. So um, after uh, after I graduated from college and was teaching, then I got my master's degree in American history, and my minor was. 19th century europe i got to study a lot about queen victoria which was pretty cool i
0: don't so, think i ever knew that's interesting i never
1: knew that yeah. wow okay oh i i've just always been interested in history i think my mm-hmm. my father uh mm-hmm. jim was also very interested in history he didn't really mm-hmm. inspire me other than he got me into stamp collecting when i was young and uh, i was just fascinated by the different countries and you know mm-hmm. learning about
0: things. So. Yeah. So so yeah, so that's great because it's it just gives a background, you know, for what you're interested. So people, I'm assuming in our family we have large. We have mm-hmm. one side is a little larger than the other, but um both are incredibly extensive as far as, you know, how far back you've been able to to trace. And so how did you start to obtain things from family okay. members? A good question. Yeah. Um I in the, the
1: binders that I've made up, I do have some notes that I took probably in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um, w- probably the first source of information was my grandmother, Catherine Click. Yeah. She knew a lot, this is my mother's mother. Mm-hmm. She knew a lot about um, her family and uh, I have notes written down of different family members. Yeah, and so on. Also in that same Click family, um, my aunt Catherine Hodel was a, was definitely someone who collected um, family history information, and she worked with distant cousins. You know, she got into the real, you know, breadth of the whole thing. Where I'm just looking basically up and down. You know, I'm not looking for cousins and aunts and uncles right. and all that. Right. But she she passed away in about I don't know 2011, a year or two before she died we were visiting her in St. Louis and she gave me these couple big binders worth of stuff. And it had all this click history yeah. back to the um, original click in our family in America, Martin, uh-huh. who was born in 1808. Wow! So um, she was another great source. Now third great source for me was Bill Maxwell, my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. He had I'm not sure if it was a photographic memory, but he had a great memory. And I have notes of things that he told me about his family, his, you know, his mother, his father, his wife's family. He knew all the dates and when people were born and, you know, and it was interesting to me that the information I got from people was usually basically right, but it wasn't always exactly right.
0: Right, right. When did you become the person helping me, pardon me. Yeah. But when did you become like, what was it that, that like made you go, I want to look into our family because I mean, I'm interested, but I'm not like as interested as you are. So like what, you know, and were I
1: I mean, it was just kind of something I was doing, not just kind of uh, half-heartedly, you know, something came, if I get came across something, I just kept it. Okay. But really having the time to do it now, being retired, is when I really decided. And the other factor yeah. I think that is really important in this is Ancestry.com. Yeah. You can have some miscellaneous bits of stuff, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense until you put it together. And the tools on Ancestry are just fabulous. Yeah. I mean, you can look up all kinds of records. They also have templates that you can have, like they, one of them is called Life Story. Mm-hmm. And you put all this information in about a person and then they just come up with the story and it's, it's great. you know. They, so that's what the combination of the miscellaneous stuff that I collect over the years and, and my membership in Ancestry mm-hmm. um, is what really made a difference. Now I do not have an international membership, so I wasn't able to go back real far in in european right family history but uh interestingly you can look at one see what other other people have done yeah so especially in the like the maxwell history Mm -hmm. i looked at other what other people had done and i don't really know if it's exactly accurate but Mm -hmm. i got back to 1100 (laughs) i you know it's hard to know that really were in the same family, but it's right. something else. Somebody else had found that, right? And so, seemed- what do
0: you? So, what? What is it? What is it about it that you find interesting and exciting?
1: Oh, it's just fascinating. It's like a, it's like a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's a puzzle. You know, trying to figure out uh, who, who was what, when was it? Who were, who were they? What were they doing? I think the one I really am not totally sure about is on the Maxwell side. Mm-hmm. What happened was um, Bill Maxwell, my father-in-law, had this um, pamphlet called the Maxwell Ant- uh, Genealogy that was published in 1947. And that okay. traced, traced the Maxwells back to 17, I don't know, 1755, I think. Where did now. he
0: get this? It, I okay.
1: don't know. Maybe yeah. his mother had it. I don't know where okay. he got all right. But it was okay. a pamphlet, and he gave yeah. me a copy of it. And it really definitely back through 750, 1755, it's definitely true. Wow. Because, um, you know, people have information. Right. And it was also verified through ancestry, the, the records. Okay. But they said that it's this guy who was born in 1755, Samuel Maxwell, mm-hmm. was the one that came over from Scotland. And I agree with that, you know, based on stuff that I've seen. Uh I think it's Henry Maxwell, who came, who was born in like 1730, who came over to America and fought in the Revolutionary War also. So, you know, you can't be positive about some of these things if you don't really have good records. Right. But um, just using the things on Ancestry, you can get a lot. You know, I didn't go to salt lake city or any place to really research you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: i did it all at home through right. using history
0: right so what so talk about some what are some interesting things that you found as far as the family history is concerned or that oh. you find interesting
1: all right well it's it is interesting because when your sister laura was in high school she had to do a report on uh on gene you know family history mm-hmm. and she picked a couple people one of them she picked was my grandfather jack pastula mm-hmm. okay he is the guy that uh, fought in world war one he was injured he got medals and so on
0: did you know him or did he die before yeah. you were born i didn't
1: <laughs> 59 i was eight years old okay okay so yeah. i have a, a, a vague memory of him mm-hmm. he used to he used to say "Buenas noches good night <laughs> really wow too much about him but okay. anyway what I knew about Laura I highlighted in her report was this guy, Jack Postula was born in 1895, mm-hmm. and on his birth certificate, it says he was born in Chicago. Okay. Well, my father, Jim, and I'm not sure if it was his brother or who, somebody came up with these records showing that he, that Jack was actually born in Budapest, Hungary. Well, that's a, quite a difference. And He never, you know, he never admitted it at all, but there's definitely documents. There is an Ellis Island document showing that he came over with his mother in 1905. There are some documents that I-
0: Well, he could have been like 10.
1: He was nine, yeah. Somehow we got these Hungarian documents. I don't know how my dad got them or his brother. (laughs) From budapest showing his birth certificate showing that he was he was illegitimate you know and i looked up these words oh. on google you know what what does this hungarian word mean oh it yeah. means illegitimate.
0: and um you know well, so then, parents, do you know what his birth name was because jack is such a such like a well it's john general. and in oh, okay.
1: uh and in uh polish he was polish they they were in budapest because at that time it was Austria-Hungarian umpire mm-hmm. Anyway, it was J A N. Jan. Jan yeah. Okay, what his birth name, and but it had his mother's name on there, which was his his mother. You know,
0: oh. so
1: my dad. There's I have some notes about from 1977 when my dad's mother died and his sister was there. They had a conversation, and I somehow I wrote notes about it, and uh, they um, said. That they thought he was possibly illegitimate, that, but that his actual parents raised him. So. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay. So his father was in the picture.
1: Yeah, his
0: his oh. father Andrew.
1: Another really interesting thing about this is Andrew, my great grandfather, mm-hmm. when he was over there in Poland and Hungary, wherever his last name was Pastuta, Pastuta. Okay. When so, what
0: years? When would this have been?
1: Well, this was you know before they came to America, right? Okay. So his name was Andres Pastuta. Okay. So
0: we have a copy
1: of his passport when he came to the U.S. Uh-huh. It says Pastuta on there, hmm. but whoever was at Ellis Island hmm. and signed him in read it as Pastula.
0: Wow. And I mean that how- has to be the story of so many families. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's yeah. the only one in any of our family that I have that record that uh hmm. And another interesting thing about that is uh there's somebody I think it was my dad and his sister were talking that there were some rumors that Andrew Pastuta was originally from Romania. Hmm. Well, I don't really know, but there is a town in Romania called Pastuta. Really? So, <laughs> wow. Um, I've also done the, um, Ancestry DNA and I know you have too. Mm -hmm. and two of the, you know, it's kind of general a lot of times, but two, there's two areas in mind that came up as like a certain area that I'm definitely Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. one was Southern Poland Mm -hmm. where the Andrew and Antoinette, his wife were from. Mm -hmm. And the other one is, um, Norway, certain section of Norway,
0: where my grandmother's people were from. And that's the, that's where we were, Laura and I were like 30 miles from when we oh, were yeah. in boards, if that, right?
1: Yeah, that area that, um, now this is uh, John Eggham we're talking about now. This is my, my grandfather. Okay. He, he came over, uh, let's see, in eight, around 1880.
0: Did you know this, him?
1: No, he died in 1907. 1902
0: oh because he came over my great grandfather my great grandfather yes sorry
1: okay right. uh and anyway what i what i read a little bit about that is norway you know you were there it's very mm-hmm. mountainous there's not that mm-hmm. much land for farming no And oh so many people left that area it was called sogner s-o-g-n i don't know how to pronounce it yeah so many people left that area because there just wasn't anything that they could do they yeah. all came my my people my my, my well, your relatives came from Norway they went to Wisconsin right. and there they could get a lot of nice farmland and they were all farmers in
0: general yeah or there yeah um what about did you find anything out that you were like shocked at or like like confused by I don't know Maybe the maybe the illegitimate.
1: <laughs> really shocked. I'm not shocked by any of it. Oh, that's. Uh, I'm looking at the different people. Oh well, this one was interesting. You will not know anything about this. Okay. Okay. Grandma, Grandma Florence Maxwell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is your great grandmother. Right. Okay. Her father. Well, her her name was Blakesley. Her married maiden name was Blakesley. Mm-hmm. Her father was Watson Blakesley. He must have been a real character because he left his his wife and four children and went off to be a missionary in Wales. Really? And that's where he died in 1922. <laughs> he just re- I don't know what he re- kind of went off. Now, I never heard anything. Were about- they in the
0: States? And then he went to Wales? Oh, yeah,
1: they were living in Western Illinois. Yeah, what? Near Galesburg. Oh my God. and uh he just left went to went to be a missionary in wales so his mo- his wife Catherine peabody Blakesley,
0: yeah
1: was um florence's mother and she then uh, Catherine lived with her okay. until she passed away i think in 1956 dad knew her yeah right and it's interesting because peabody is a very um kind of highbrow right. group and <laughs> Uh, We've, I'm not sure if it's our same relatives, but I've traced them back to the beginning of America, really, Massachusetts in the 1800s. Yeah. So how she hooked up with this uh, Watson Blakesley guy, (laughs) I'm not sure, (laughs) but he was kind of a flake, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you, it sounds like with your, with the research you've done, there is, there are... Fingerprints into the Europe, but it's not extensive because okay. you're really looking at a lot of the what 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 happened to the people who came over here, which, I mean, I think it sounds like we do, part of the family does go back to the 1700s, correct?
1: Um, well, in, on dad's side, yeah. my side, everybody came over in the 1800s. Jack Postula yes. was a little. 1905 okay Okay. so it's like 1840 so it was a later later on dad's side um the maxwells like i talked before henry Mm -hmm. came over around 1750 and um on his mother's side the Blakesley side then the peabody's came very early 1600s yeah
0: um and where did they where were they primarily in the midwest or where where are you finding that people were living Is, wasn't there relatives in virginia at one point well okay the maxwells mm-hmm. they came over settled in pennsylvania
1: for a couple of generations and they went to west virginia which was virginia at that time yeah. i don't know if you can picture west virginia but there's this little piece of it that kind of sticks up between pennsylvania and ohio
0: yes so yep.
1: that's where they were oh. up in the section we're okay. t- um, I mean, I think it was a very poor area, but they were farmers. They lived there for three or four generations in this very poor, you know, farming area. Mm-hmm. Then um, this would be your great, great grandfather, Kennedy Maxwell. Did oh, you know there was a such name. a name? Per- Kennedy. Kennedy. It sounds like the parents wanted to name, wanted to name him Kennedy or something. Some other okay. really because I have a record when he was three years old and it was something. It wasn't Kennedy. It was Kennedy or something. Hmm. So he changed yeah. it to Kennedy. Anyway, he uh-huh. supposedly went to a teacher's college and then went to Illinois to uh, teach school, and that's where he he was in the Decatur area.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you're also, I mean, not only finding birth and death and location, but you also, how much information are you finding as far as like um, jobs or um, any, is there any other information that you're really finding besides? Oh, well, that? the
1: thing you use is the census. The census okay. records, they're old enough, it will show a, a job, mm. you know. Also, I've also found military records. Mm-hmm. There's several um, people who, Uh, were drafted for the Civil War. I'm not sure if they uh, served. Even one of the Norwegians, um, Anton Nelson, who was in Wisconsin, was drafted. But I think it was like 40 or something by the time. But there was, let's see, there was Charles Lowry Maxwell Mm -hmm. who served in the Civil War and also Matthew Blakesley. Who was Grandma Florence's grandfather? Okay. Served in the Civil War.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know off the top of my head different jobs that they had, but it, I'm just it, curious it if that's available. Definitely will tell you that. hmm. hmm. I know my one grandfather, um, Christian Bechtold, which is uh, Grandmother um, Click's father, he was a steel worker in Granite City, Illinois. Okay. And if you ever go there now, that whole yep. industry is gone. Yeah, it's all gone.
0: Yeah, it's. And I think that's also an amazing thing for for you to see. Also, as someone who's you know a bit of a historian, like the places that our family lived and what they potentially were like then versus you know what mm-hmm. they've what they've become now. I mean, I even think of that like with where I live with Durham, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know, this, this was a tobacco city. And, um, you know, it's just, it's slowly just changing so drastically yeah. because of the way, I mean, people just aren't doing those. I mean, they haven't, been, they haven't been for a while, but you know, it's just, but it's interesting to see how things get repurposed and how that's actually become in vogue, you know, to do like sure. old lofts in these, in these abandoned. So I'm, I'm curious if in, where is it, Granite City, mm-hmm. if there are still physical buildings that they may have inhabited but have oh, have been. I don't think so. I think modernized, modernized but still kind of that.
1: Uh, I went down on the train one time you know. recently to St. Louis, and okay. the steel mills are there, but they're abandoned. You know, they're just not anything. You're kind of frozen. Am I? Okay. Yeah. I just want to mention. Uh, uh, one, no, but well, you were uh, for a second. One more of the jobs that I that you yeah. know already is uh, in the click side. There were two pastors, mm-hmm. um, my great-grandfather, John Click, and then my grandfather, Arnold Click. They were both uh, pastors in the German Evangelical Church, yep. which, of course, later was part of the United Church of Christ.
0: Right. And actually this, so then this brings in a whole fascinating, at least to me, conversation about Elmhurst College, which is now a university, but I refuse to ever say that, um, because... The, the gentleman that you just mentioned, my great-great-grandfather, right? Just great. was Went to the same college that I did.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: for any, of, any religion nerds that are listening right now, which are many, um, he went to school with Reinhold and H. Richard Niebuhr. So they were friends. Like my great-grandfather was a friend of the Niebuhr brothers. Mm-hmm. And then mom, who else also went to Elmhurst?
1: Well, my mother... And her three sisters mm-hmm. all attended Elmhurst, and that was kind of unusual in that day. It was through in the nineteen thirties and the forties. Yeah. Um, they all met their husbands there, mm-hmm. and I have a number of cousins that attended. I did not. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's quite a big group of uh, clique ancestors that have attended. Yeah. We're one of the legacy families.
0: That they see as you know source of funds. <laughs> yeah, well, then good luck, good luck with that, guys. Um, yeah, and I think I mean that's that's where you know this sort of this sort of information. I mean, I'm genuinely you know when when Laura and I were in uh, you know touring the fjords mm-hmm. in Norway. I mean, it was it was cool. It was kind of eerie almost to like think about that only 150 years ago or, or something like that. Like. Our physic, our DNA relatives were like, you know, also there. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just, it was just a weird. I, I've talked to friends about this before, where they go back to places where their relatives who they never knew are, and there's this feeling almost of like mm. comfort or like there's a there's a familiarity that that you know um, that is kind of surprising. And I can't mm. remember. I don't think did you and Dad when you were in Europe did you go anywhere that was related to family when you went on? Not your trip?
1: really. I mean, the closest we came to anything was in Bavaria. His mm-hmm. grandfather, Fred Ruck mm-hmm. was from Bavaria mm-hmm. and we were in Munich and Bavarian region. But other than that, no, we weren't close to any, any mm-hmm. of the others. Many of uh, several of the German uh, ancestors came from Northern Germany, Pomerania. Uh-huh. So we didn't get up that way at all. And then others came from Baden, which is in Southern Germany. So we have a lot, a lot of, I mean, I'm half German and and your father's also half German. So we have a lot of German um, ancestors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's also, it was also interesting when we got back because me, you, dad, grandma, and Laura all did our DNA, Jim refused. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's fascinating it's to me and this is much more of a genetic thing but it's fascinating to see the differences because i i think like i thought i think about like body types and like you know i have a feeling that my dna profile and like grandpa's and uncle dan's is probably more similar only because like of our physical because i think about like laura and me being sisters and we look alike sort of But we also have very different body types Mm -hmm. and i think that that's i think i'm more polish maybe you know there's like it's just interesting for me to think about that
1: because when you look in when you look on the dna profile and i see you and laura and my mother listed you have the most similarity to me Yeah. Between between, uh, your sister and my mother, you know, you're the closest. Which I would
0: assume is also because of grandpa, right? Because I feel like potentially that we we don't know, but um, yeah, I I just, I I like that because people don't get that. They're like, well, if one person knows, you know, their DNA, then everyone knows where we're from. And I mean, obviously we have to kind of combine them all together, but it's interesting to see how it all, how it all shows up.
1: Remember what I said before, how they, they pinpointed for me, Southern Poland and Central Norway, right. other than other, so those are the strongest ones in my right. DNA.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. So if you were someone who was just getting into this, what would you, what are what are some steps that you would say to, for someone to take?
1: Well, it helps to know a little bit, but you don't have to know a lot to um, start. I would highly recommend that you, uh, Join ancestry.com. It's $20 a month to um, get access to all of the all of the documents and everything yep. that US documents. Mm-hmm. So just start somewhere, you know, some, you're gonna know you know you're gonna know your parents' names. You're probably gonna know your grandparents' names. Mm-hmm. So just start entering them. They have a template where you enter people kind of on a chart, mm-hmm. and then if they come up with hints. And the hints are really cool because you've seen this. It, yeah, it'll yeah. take you to a certain document, like a census or something. And you can get more and more information yeah. from that. Yeah. So I would I would say that's the way to get started. It, you yeah. can do it the old fashioned way, but why?
0: Right. And you can and I don't I don't pay. I mean, obviously you get more stuff if you pay for it, but I don't mm-hmm. pay for it. And I, I remember one afternoon I spent probably three hours just clicking hints. It was just like <laughs> Hint, hint. You know, and I was like fascinated. And it oh, was, you can do that, huh? Yeah, and it was it was fascinating to see. Yeah, right. but it, you don't get to see as much stuff. But the other thing that I found to be very interesting was the amount of pictures, and yes. you know, yes. the also the census documents that are that are uploaded. Um, I just that's the sort of stuff that I love seeing because I just love the visual and also. I just, like, actually posted some.
1: I posted some old pictures in mm-hmm. there, so. Because on yeah. the family tree, you can have either just their generic woman or man like right. silhouettes, or you can right. put in a picture. So I've tried to do that for some yeah. people.
0: And since you've been doing this for a while, and you know, you were you were definitely doing it before the internet slash ancestry was was an online tool. How have you seen even from the early thousands till now that technology change?
1: Well, I never really got into it in depth at all okay. before this. I just was collecting stuff.
0: Right. Okay. And
1: I never tried to really go back very far or learn a lot. You know, I wasn't real, real serious. It was sort of an interest, but I didn't really get into it. Yeah. So I, I mean, even though even the last few years that I've been looking at it, yeah, I, the, the amount of documents that available is increasing. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah and i think the dna testing is connecting oh, yeah. more people because I, I again since i only have the unpaid i'll get emails that it'll be like this is you know your 15th cousin is mm-hmm. you know requesting to be friends with you or something i don't even really understand the whole right. thing but you know and it, that's to me that's also just interesting to see like where people are and and you know a lot of uh, people have found adopted families through this now. Oh, and, absolutely! You know, you know that your aunt did. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what a what a cool t- do you? Mm-hmm. I should actually maybe have her on this podcast to talk about. Yeah, why that. don't I don't want to take her story. Yeah, that's a fast. That's a really fascinating story mm-hmm. to share.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay, so I think you know this is. I have. I have actually always. I've. I've been interested in this on a very tertiary level. But like, I. I do. I do appreciate, and I know that other people do, that you've used. You've. You've taken your interest and your time, to mm-hmm. um, kind of you know really cultivate uh, a bigger picture of, of our history, oh, it's right? Because it's fun. Funny it's been fun. Yeah. yeah, and it is fun. So, making for posterity, of course, you know. Right. So right. Have you? My final question is: Have you? come across anyone either in picture or just in description where you have, it's it's looked like either you or one of us or, you know, anything like that. Just curious.
1: I can't, I can't think of anybody offhand. I'm sorry.
0: No, I just, I just didn't, I, I just didn't know. Cause that's, that's one of Ancestry's main commercials right now is to be like, this girl is like looking and it's like her grandma and she looks just like, it's just, you know, it's, that's like I'm sure film.
1: if we looked at pictures more that, that we could find some resemblance, mm-hmm. but I, I just yeah. never thought about that. I'll okay. let you know if you find
0: anybody. <laughs> Thank you. Let me know if you find my doppelganger from like the 1800s or something. That'd be amazing. Okay. That'd be great. All right, so um, now it is your turn to ask me um, anything that you would like.
1: All right. Um, I have kind of a softball question for you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of goes along with what we're talking about but in a, yeah. not in a direct way but if if money was no object and you could travel anywhere you would like where would you like to travel to
0: hmm. I mean it's funny cuz I I feel like I need to just say my my initial thing that I thought of which was Cape Town South Africa mm-hmm. um Although I know now, once I start thinking about it, I'll want to change my answer. But I think, you know, I so I was in Durban um, 18 years ago, and I, I like sort of was excited. I mean, I was excited, but I was also like young, and I didn't really like understand apartheid, and like, I my my vo- my view of the world was very narrow at that point, and so I I think that. A place like Cape Town is fascinating to me because it's such a collection of all of these cultures that um, that you know have kind of like all of these people from India came down and then there's also like it is the tip of Africa and like there's such a mm-hmm. richness. Um, I also think it's just really cool because it's like close to Antarctica, you know, and it's <laughs> I mean, they have, they have penguins nearby. right. It's like, it's there's just this beautiful cosmopolitan nature to it but also like the fact that it is you know that has nature has actual nature preserves and like there's accessibility to the oceans and I don't know there's just something about it that I I'm really drawn to and so that would be pretty cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do that and then you know potentially to if you know, if, if if money wasn't an object, take a small plane and go back to Durban, and you know, see what the space mm-hmm. that we rebuilt looks like um, twenty years later. Because you know, everyone had good intentions for the habitat build, but mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea. Like, if that is something that is still even a viable space that people are living in, you know, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. What that is, and I also, I mean, I talked a little bit about this to Scott Matheny, but like I also uh, struggle with um, the, although I found I, I know we had good intentions, um, the, the idea of you know us coming in and building for Black Africans, right. um, you to know, save. on land right. that was taken from them, right? So, so I feel like there's just there's parts of it, there's parts of me that kind of wants to revisit a space that I was in that I didn't understand. And I feel like I have a little bit of a better worldly grasp on now. And so it also would be beautiful. I mean, and would you go on another safari or? Absolutely. That was, (laughs) that was so, I, I, it's almost like I can't really go to zoos anymore because Mm -hmm. it was like, it, because as I, as I was saying, as I said to my friends that were on the, 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 um, the tour into the bush with me, like we're, we were in the cage, you know, mm-hmm. we were in the, we were the ones driving through their home. Right. Yeah. And I, I will never forget. I mean, there were many moments, but one moment that that really hit me was there was, a um, a giraffe and her baby mm-hmm. and we, we were on the dirt road and we were being safe and we were, you know, we didn't get out or anything unless there were designated areas we were allowed to. And the giraffe, which, you know, in your brain, you're like, Oh, docile, you know, hang, whatever started charge. started like oh moving her hoof. Like she was like getting ready to charge. Cause we stopped because oh. there was a baby giraffe. And mm-hmm. so it was like, Oh, right. Like these are, <laughs> Like she's trying to protect her baby against this like threat of mm. us and we just want to take pictures so you know it was just just an interesting like uh, just op- eye opening right and so i'd love to go back again i mean we went we were we were on a night my favorite and most scariest thing i've ever done in my life was uh we took a took a drive um and saw, uh, to see lions in the middle of the night. Well, it wasn't really in the middle of the night because it was actually summer, it was wintertime, so it was really dark and there wasn't electricity in the park we were staying in. And so we um, were in an open bed, open open topped uh, truck. And Hmm. my three friends, Kelly and Nick and I were all sitting in the very back, which was already terrifying. And the men had like machine guns who were driving and we had these lights that we would shine at the ground that would reflect up so they wouldn't shine the animals straight in the face. And so if you saw flashes of light, you could tell that there were animal eyes. And so they just said to us like scream, stop if there's some animal, like if there's some, if you see some lions. And so oh we, someone yelled stop and mm-hmm. there was a pride of lions. There were two females and probably five to 10 babies just walking across the street you know, whatever. So that was cool. That was like, great. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that and then we kept going. And then probably three minutes later, we, I, a lion roared behind, like, so it was behind us. Yeah. And it was this, I had never understood primal fear Mm -hmm. until (laughs) I heard that because it like, There's a, there's a frequency in that growl and that roar that like hits you in the gut and the heart. And it was like, we're going to get murdered right now by a Mm. lion. I mean, we weren't, it was fine, but like, it was the most terrifying, the ground moved, like it was just everything about it was, I will never forget that. So I would like (laughs) to experience that again, maybe. Okay. Sounds Uh, good. Yeah. So anyways, thank you. Thanks, mom, for being on my podcast. Oh, thank uh, you for doing this. This is awesome that you're doing this. It's been really fun. It's a pandemic project that I'm really enjoying. So, yeah. So, um, again, thanks. Thanks for doing the research and finding out who, who we are, you know, you're like Henry, what is his name? Henry Louis (laughs) Gates. Yes. Yeah. Of the, of just our family. Okay. (laughs) all right julie all right okay well i'll talk to you soon bye okay
1: Bye bye
0: i am so lucky to know such incredible thoughtful people and i thank you for listening come back soon for another episode of it's just you and me